Hey there, everybody. It's me again. And by me again, he means Dr. Kent. And it's him again, too. Yeah, it's, it's me again as well, and I'm here. We're getting ready to do the Thought Leader podcast. So we're a little bit, we're going to clear the dust out of our heads because, you know, there's a shake of the head. I think it's falling out now. My dust is just clouding up uh, in my head, which which is kind of a fun it's, it's sort of like, you know, taking a, a shower with your glasses off. It's just a nice experience of, of, of oblivion. So with that in mind, today we talked to Nettie Owens, whose initials spell no. And that was my favorite part of the interview. Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, you know, so dust in my brain is, a, is an interesting thing because it's kind of like you know how you see sunlight coming through a window and all the little dust motes are floating around and how disorganized those little dust motes are? Are they called motes or mites? They might be called motes. Mighty or mighty mites. mighty motes or moty moty mites. Yeah. Well, whatever they call. But you know, you know the things I'm talking about. They're floating around and you can see them in sunlight. My brain goes like that sometimes, and this morning is no is no different. But Nettie seems to understand how this stuff works. So this is a great conversation and folks, what do you say, like buckle up your stirrups or something? Because this will be an interesting ride and we do mention ASMR uh, later on in the interview, so get excited for that. I guess that's it. Great to see you, Nettie. I always have to kind of describe to our listeners uh, what we're seeing because we're, we're actually having a, a sort of conversation here in artificial reality. And Absolutely. sort of as I, in my space suit, kind of float around your office, the 360 degree view, there's all kinds of diplomas on the wall and it's very white, it's very light. What does light mean to you? And, um, and I guess that'll start us off. Uh, Yeah, I do like having kind of a clean look and landscape to things. It makes sense. My my former career was as a professional organizer. So having an uncluttered space helps me, helps me think and be expansive. So light. Uh, Yeah, it's interesting. One of my favorite quotes from Martin, from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., that darkness cannot stamp out darkness. Only light can do that. And I... I keep that in mind. I do like light and bright things and color and all of that to uh, keep me focused, the right energy. So I can tell right off the bat. So people often say, you know, on phone calls or video or or online, high energy and low energy. Mm -hmm. And I find that to be kind of a, it's analyzed wrong oftentimes because it doesn't take chill into account you have a very calm demeanor but it's it's still got lots of energy particles bouncing around so what what is you know how does that hit you in terms of being someone who brings calm into your clients lives yeah that i that i feel like you nailed it so i i recently had a client say and i've not watched these videos so you might have to you maybe you have that I should do the hair brushing YouTube videos where I calmly brush my hair and talk in a soothing voice. <laughs> what do they call it? A, a, um, 
yeah and a lot of people will iron or they'll listen to ironing videos or whatever what's it? asmr ASMR. yes asmr yeah, yeah. so <laughs> i i need to do a little more research on that one but i i myself feel as though i am a high energy person but my job and what i and what i do and what i bring to the table is to be able to manage that energy for myself and for for those around me so i try not to put my energy onto other people. So it's, it's, it's something that I'm very aware of, unless that's the intention, unless I want you to feel that high energy, I try and make sure that I'm modulating mine um, so that you have space for yours. I was actually thinking about the relationship between calmness and being chill and living with purpose or intent. And there is definitely a relationship there um, which I'd like you to talk about. I'd also like you to talk about there's many, many people on the internet who talk about living with purpose. How do you differentiate yourself? What makes you uniquely you in that mm. regard? That's a great conversation thread to dig into. And I'm curious a little bit. I don't feel like I tend to put myself out there as a person who talks about living with purpose, although I desire very much to help people be purposeful in their living. So I hope that what comes across is in my actions and in my words that I'm helping guide people in that direction. But to circle back around, um, as you started off talking about calmness and being chill and then the juxtaposition of living with purpose and intent. And uh, I guess I don't see them as opposing forces. As I said, I, I find, I feel as though I'm a fairly high energy person, but I think there's a differentiation there between having a lot of energy and being kind of a person that vomits energy onto people. Or on the flip side of that, like an energy vampire, somebody who's trying, who just sort of sucks it out of the room. And I'm sure you've experienced that that too. So I love the word calm. Actually, I imagine in my head someone with a Scottish accent saying calm whenever I <laughs> whenever I hear that word. Randy could do it with an Australian accent. We'll see. We'll see if he'll do it for you later. <laughs> oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was coming oh, that's, out. That's easy. That's calm. Yeah, he's almost calm. there. He's almost there with the uh I think it's pretty close. You gotta work on your Irish there, Randy. Uh, mm -hmm. Scottish broke, so Scottish. Yeah, I, I've yeah, yeah, I've never been accused of being a great Scot. So <laughs> I'm, <never> been, <laughs> I'm not Scottish, so, yeah. but to me, calm is is more solid. Like it's more of this. Like there's an energy undercurrent that it's not, and and I'm not I'm not putting that together with chill, like. I, I don't know. I've never really associated those two words, but you can have be calm and steadfast. You can be calm and strong, and you can be calm and intentional. And I think that's, I think that's an important place to to move from, because when you are flitting from thing to thing, you're you're not calm, and you're often not making decisions or taking actions from from a sense of purpose to use your your terminology. And so you're, you are engaging with the world just in a reactive mode and reactive 
is not calm. So I think there's a lot of strength in calm, and I think you can infuse it with a lot of energy, but that energy is really focused. I think calm is expansive. And chill sounds fun to me, um, but I don't really think about that in the, in the framework of, of doing work or living purposefully. So, Nnedi, I'm very curious about your name because it, the initials spell no. So I'm sure early in your life, when did that first occur to you? Uh, well, it occurred to me, I guess, I think probably when I got married. Uh, and I got married fairly young. Um, I was just out of college. I got married. I moved on to the other side of the country. And I started an entirely new identity for myself. But when it really showed up was a few years later, I moved back from California to Maryland and I started my company and I was looking for names of my company and people often use their initials because they sound really fancy and official when you use your initials. But mine, as you noted, spell no. So it didn't seem like that was the right kind of vibe I wanted to be putting out into the world. Like no organizing since that was my... (laughs) First company. Although thinking about that, that could have been a fun. Uh, <laughs> it could have been fun. Yeah, to yeah play we, in our in our fridge, we we bought some not milk. Uh, yes, like literally, it's the not brand, which is just yep. endlessly funny. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, at the time, it wasn't what I wanted to project. Now I think right. I totally get away <laughs> with it. But yeah, I was like, oh, well, that's that's not what I'm going for, but. Uh, so that would have been many, many years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, what, so from from no organizing to what you are now, what has that path looked like, and um, where are you headed with kind of let's say business, the consulting, yeah. the coaching, all of it? Yeah. So initially, you know, I started a professional organizing company, not with any any bigger intention than to have a job I could do while raising kids. And it was certainly a a pipe dream of, oh, I'm going to work from home. I'm going to work for myself. I'm going to be in, you know, be my own boss, as many of us kind of think about when we when we start out on our own. But within a year, I had an employee and then it just grew and I ended up with an agency and uh, we were doing chronic disorganization. We were doing organizing for people who were confronted with chronic disorganization. And we were one of the biggest organizing agencies that provided that service. And we got called on for it regularly. I really valued that people reached out to us for that expertise and they trusted us to do that work. And so so that was about 14 years of the company. So from starting out to just me going out to do the thing, to bringing people in and training them, and then becoming very well known um, in our industry for that, and then transitioning, and then taking all of it and saying, okay, that was that was interesting, and now I'd like to, instead of working with residential clients, I'd like to work with business clients, and, and what does that look like, and, and how do we serve them, and are we doing organizing, are we doing productivity, are we doing coaching, are we doing consulting, because there were so many different directions to go in. And I settled on focusing on accountability. So it was looking around and seeing that there were coaches out there doing a great job, but perhaps only touching base with their people once a month. And 
and seeing kind of the same things crop up that I was seeing in residential organizing, like needing a, a solid plan, needing to take action on that with regularity, trying to break down big projects into smaller pieces and and then confronting what I was seeing in chronic disorganizations. So confronting things like ADHD and anxiety and depression and how does that meld into the work that they're doing or not doing. Um, and so and so our the first kind of foray into into the shift was just providing accountability and structure to getting goals done. And um, and that's kind of mel- morphed over the years to having a whole system and structure for getting your biggest goals done. And early on the shift, I thought, well, there's nothing I can take from my organizing career into, into this new realm. And the reality is I could take everything from my organizing career and apply it into this new space and kind of a fresh new way to look at business coaching, consulting, productivity. And so what that's now, what that now looks like is working with CEOs of small to mid-sized companies to address the unsolved kinds of goals, the ones that, uh, that seem to be elusive and so hard to tackle. Like, why are all of your employees leaving? What's going on there? You know, if you're trying to launch a new program or product, like, how come you're not taking action on it? How come you're not doing the things you feel like you should be doing? And, and how's that showing up? And so... Fast forward to right now, um, we're building communities um, around doing work differently and achieving goals differently and uh, and bringing people together to have conversations that aren't happening in other spaces. And it's a fun place to be. So, so Nidhi, we speak with CEOs all the time. They have their, their dream of building a business, of, of having creating a lifestyle that allows them to be f- more free than they were as an employee and they start off being calm and they end up being frenetic which is Mm. totally opposite of their objective but i I actually love the word frenetic because it explains a lot about social media explains a lot about people in business trying to do everything we live in a culture that applauds the hustle and grind Mm -hmm. with your organization organizational skills background how do you translate to CEOs that an organized mind, an organized life takes the takes the stress out of their their daily lives? Is that mm-hmm. is that part of what you do? So yes, uh, that's definitely part of what I do. And I'm going to go to kind of the way that I did organizing and the reason I was able to tackle chronic disorganization kinds of issues previously is because we looked at the whole person. We looked at, you know, how they were showing up in their home, how they were managing their time, how they were managing their space, what was going on mentally, spiritually. And what we were able to do was to sit and help them create a vision of what they want they wanted to achieve and then tackle it kind of from that from that space. And it became really clear that no matter where we came at it, whether we started addressing the physical space or whether we started addressing their time or whether we dug into, you know, some of the mental health and spiritual issues maybe coming up for them, it all ended up with the same result because they were all so intertwined. And so now part of those difficult discussions that 
are happening or those, you know, those conversations that are happening in our groups that aren't happening other places is we don't draw a dividing line between life and personal interests and business. And in addition to that, we also look at, again, the vision of what they're trying to create and what they're doing versus what is going to create results for them. So most people know what they should be doing. Like most people will say, I, I should be managing my time better. I should be more productive. I should be getting these things done. And in the organizing realm, we're tackling this kind of microcosm. It's your home world. And it might be touching into other places as well, but it's, it's the small space. But when we talk about a person with their business, it's, it's their business. It's their personal life. It's all of the lives of their team. It's all of their customers. I mean, it's, it's an entire universe that if they remain this frenetic state of a being, then they're going to destroy everything around them. You know, as you said, people start businesses to, to have the lifestyles that they desire that to not, to not work for the man, to not work so many hours a week. And yet they find themselves quickly moving from a 40-hour week to an 80-hour week and spending so much time and energy and thought process on what's not getting done, on what they desire the outcomes to be. They're, they're up late at night. They're up early in the morning. And the messaging, as you said, on social media is the best way to solve this problem is to do it more. Like, go ahead, work harder, get up earlier, stay up later, burn the candle at both ends. And as you said, hustle, right? And I, what I desire is to show them that the more they step away from that hustle, the more that they create systems, the more that they create an organized space for themselves, for their mind, for their team, for their time, then they're able to shift back into why they started their business. They're, they're able to create that lifestyle. They're able to tap back into the vision that they had when they began or the vision that they'd like to create now that they've seen what's possible. And often, always, what I find is that we have the answers that we seek. So just as much as we know what we should be doing, we also know what works for us. And when we get off track, it's typically because we're trying to apply somebody else's process, somebody else's way of doing things to ours. And I remind myself, I remind others, you know, for me, this comes up in the metaphor of Southwest Airlines, which, you know, however they're doing right now, it, it doesn't matter. They started off, they did air travel differently, and they were successful because they did it differently. When others tried to come in and model it, even if they had come in and done exactly as Southwest had done, they weren't successful because whatever magic concoction made up Southwest, it didn't exist in any other space except for Southwest. So Southwest knew what they wanted. They knew what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. And they followed that path. If Southwest had said, we're going to be successful by modeling after Continental Airlines, well, Continental Airlines doesn't currently exist, <laughs> at least not in the shape that it, that it did many years ago. And they would have followed that same path. And so all the people that tried to be Southwest, they also did not achieve the success that Southwest 
achieved. So reminding business owners that not only, you know, is organization and structure going to help you, but you already know what that organization and structure is. And oftentimes you're just not paying attention to it because you think that success means leaning into somebody else's model of success. Really interesting sort of arc of thoughts, um, Nettie. I think the the sort of clean lines of your thinking sort of match the clean lines of your office and the, this sort of organized <laughs> mindset. No, in, in with with the calm of and, and comfort of um, the way you tell it. So I, it's it's very it's very interesting to to listen. I think this podcast itself, uh, listeners, feel free to use this as ASMR. Uh, if <laughs> I'm kidding, but uh, but in terms of um, if we go all the way back, where did you inherit the calm? Where where did it come from in your in your world and your parents or teachers or friends? Where did it come from? Right now, what's going through my brain is imagining my mom saying. If I had been first, if I'd been the first child, there would have been no others. <laughs> I, uh, as I said, I tend to be high energy. I tend to be busy. I was a very active, busy, busy kid. But I look at, I look at my upbringing and it was very calm and solid and very structured in a way um, that allowed for, for me to be me, but also it wasn't harried. You know, there was there was dinner every night. There was breakfast every morning. You know, I, I knew what to expect. And so my upbringing had those guardrails on it. And then I could be this busy, high energy kind of a person within that. In the work that I did as uh, as an organizer, it did not take long to see that if I brought my energy into a room it was not going to be helpful. And so I think early in my professional career is when I learned to, to manage my own energy and then to manage that of my clients. In chronic disorganization world, um, in the group called the Institute for Challenging Disorganization, they talk about a concept of, of having somebody basically ground you, like what in the work that you're doing, just a person who is a body double, who is there to manage your energy, manage the tasks. And some people get this concept and you'll see oftentimes therapists will do this really well. Spiritual leaders tend to do it well. People who are in like into Reiki and healing, you know, have a concept of how energy moves. And so they, they do it really well. You'll see people who also don't do it really well. And um, and that's somebody who's coming in and it happens in coaching, it happens in consulting, it happens in, in professional organizing, you know, all realms that I'm familiar with where somebody comes in and, and so they're inserting their energy and their way of doing things and expecting the client to move at that same pace, interrupting their thought process. And that will often just lead to frustration on both sides because you as a consultant are going, why isn't this person doing or moving as quickly as I thought they would? And the, and on the other side, the client is going, you know, this isn't as enjoyable as I hoped and I'm feeling more and more frazzled than I was prior and I'm feeling really overwhelmed. So I think that the calm was cultivated <clears throat> in my early life 
just by seeing, you know, having a structure to exist in. And then early on in my professional career, noticing how my how my energy affected my clients and how if I wanted to be able to help somebody go from overwhelmed to feeling like they're in control, then I couldn't insert myself in that process. And that the best way to do that was to provide a container. And so it sounds like I've been able to do that based on on your words. It's something that's important to me to be able to provide that container and then to show people how to create a container for themselves. They can, you know, I really truly at the end of the day want people to be able to do what they were put here on this planet to do and to believe that they can. So however that needs to happen, that's really what at the end of of the day is important to me. So overwhelm is a word we hear probably more often than any other word in the English language. So with that in mind, as you think about where you want to take your practice, your business, who would be your ideal person to connect with you and how would they do it, especially if they're feeling overwhelmed? Yeah, uh, great question. And it's funny because as I transitioned from organizing to business, um, when people would pick up the phone and call, they'd say, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. And then when I moved into this realm, it was probably not the first thing that they would say, because the first thing is, you know, I want to grow my business. I want to do really well. And as we got into it, we would, I would find out they're overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and they don't know where to start. So the people that I work with, as I said, are, are business leaders, they're CEOs, they're, uh, they're managing the ship for a lot of either clients or their team or their community. Most of the people that I work with are in a service-based industry. So they're either, you know, serving customers online or they're serving people in person, but they're but they're serving people, lawyers, accountants, other business consultants, um, even innkeepers, you know, we're providing a service to people. So if they're at that spot and they're looking for an easy, clear path out, then the first thing I would say is I've actually put something together called How to Succeed in Business. And it's nine areas that I have identified as like the core components of what you need to move forward. And it talks about vision, like I've mentioned here. It talks about time management, but it also incorporates that holistic view. So if folks would like that guide, I can give you I can give you how to get that. Um, and that's probably the best place that I would say to start because from there you'll read it and you'll go, okay, uh, by the way, reading it is a tops five minute tops proposition. So you know a lot of times we get resources that are going to take us an hour to attend to or you know, a day to go through the materials, but five minutes just to kind of check in and say, where am I in this process? And what can I do to shift myself from feeling overwhelmed? But it's really simple. I use a technology called catchwords. So you just text the word freedom to 411321. And that's it. That's the first first step. Love that. And I like the word freedom. So on that note, coming back full circle to the white and light of your office and the word freedom. Thanks so much for chatting with us. It was a real pleasure. Thank you for having me.
So Niti, I want to thank you so much for your time today. And it's very clear to me that your experience as an organizer can help CEOs organize their businesses. There is such a strong connection between your business life, your personal life, your financial life, your relationship life, and to have all that organized and learn how to do that so that every part of your life gets equal and full devotion is extremely important. Throughout that whole interview, I was thinking about dust motes and dust mites. Got to figure out which one of those is, is correct. And so if you're, if you're feeling a little dusty, if your eyeballs are kind of gray and washed out today and, and you're literally laying on the floor uh, in a heap of dust, you know, we've got something uplifting to tell you about. Well, let me let me tell you before you go, uh, a, a dust mote is a small, small particle of dust. Now, a dust mite is an animal. So a dust mite riding on a dust moat moat. has a really great moat of transportation. And it can provide motivation to go to thoughtpartnergroup.com and click on the free assessment and fill it out. We'll be motivated to respond really fast. Yeah, but that's a that's a moat point because if if you want to really have a good time, <laughs> go to crazymba.com, and you might enjoy it. Hopefully, this has lifted your moat patience.